0: Welcome, everyone, to this episode of Monetizing Your Mental Capital. I'm super excited to invite a marketing mad scientist, Kevin Lee, to our call. Kevin, welcome. Thanks, Will.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: And Kevin, part of the reason we don't do like a full-blown intro on this podcast specifically is because I want you to answer. And I, I'm going to say, I started listening to this, why should I care who Kevin Lee is? Like, Why, why should I even... <laughs> you know, think this is a good idea to be listening to him right now. And I find that hearing a little bit of your take on that is better than some scripted thing that I create.
1: Sure. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's difficult to be humble when answering that, right? Cause you have to sort of try to find a way to be humble, but uh, you know, I'm old and I've been doing digital marketing since 1994. So as a result of that history, I've had a chance to run a lot of experiments in digital marketing and uh you know some of those experiments succeeded and some of them failed you know my day job is running a 56 person digital marketing agency so that is really cool but what I found about a year and a half ago is some ideas are just so crazy that even a crazy client wouldn't do it because I needed a full lab, and the only way for me to get a full lab was actually to buy a brand. So I bought Truth Nutrition in April, so that I can run every every mad scientist experiment I wanted without worrying about a lab partner saying, "No, no, that's too crazy. We can't do that." And so, really, that that's put me in a somewhat unique position, along with owning the E Marketing Association and uh, running a nonprofit in the cause marketing category. I'm always thinking about ways in which marketing can be more effectively executed and, the, and and businesses can be more effectively run. And sometimes I'd had clients who'd agree with my crazy ideas and sometimes they wouldn't. So that's, I think, why it's fun to chat with me is because I'm always all about trying to you know monetize uh, my intellectual capital on behalf of other people, to be perfectly honest.
0: I love it. So... I mean, you've done a fantastic job of introducing the topic of the podcast, helping people recognize that you have some perspective there. And and I think one of the things that I found fascinating in our prior conversation, Kevin, as we were kind of discussing the idea of jumping on this podcast, you mentioned that you have had some experience speaking recently on AI. And I want you to touch on that for just a second, because I don't think people realize I mean it's like the sexiest topic out there right now, right? Everybody not only do we get free drama on the weekends to just understand what's going on, but now like it's it's really funny cuz the drama was all inside OpenAI and now there's like a new hot girlfriend who's entering the scene, Gemini, like it, it is hilarious really to see like the level of worldwide drama we're getting here. But but can you speak to, you know, tell the tell the listeners a little bit about what you spoke on and and some of your takes on that. I'd love for them to understand that you not only have a unique perspective from the marketing standpoint, clear back to 1994, which is, by the way, I was like eight years old. So I was not (laughs) digital marketing in 1994. I was, however, dreaming up a way to like suck garbage out of my garbage can so I didn't have to go back. I I, I came up with this drawing, like, you know, coming out of the back, my backyard kind of thing. So inventing was happening then, but no digital marketing. So tell us to the AI give us some perspective on what you know about that
1: well I mean AI comes in a lot of different flavors right so obviously chat and and Bard and Gemini or LLMs primarily uh, and as a large language model right they, they create these probabilistic maps to try to answer any question we ask of it which you know, works pretty damn good for sort of version 0.8. I don't even think we're at version 1.0 yet on most of these platforms or barely, even though they sometimes have a number three or four or whatever in chat GPT. The reality is, is it's still early on. And so that there are so many different layers at which AI can be deployed within the marketing ecosystem from marketing optimization, from dynamic creative optimization or creation, Mm. from content creation, And then you've got these situations where you sort of think about, well, wait a minute, Google and SEO, that landscape is shifting dramatically, not only from the perspective of content creators now deciding, well, to what extent do I use AI in my tool chest as a tool? And then like, how much humanity do I mix in with things that AI helps me co-create? Mm -hmm. Then you also got the fact that, wait a minute, for a lot of queries that are currently resulting in what we lovingly call a SERP a search engine results page, how (laughs) many of those are going to go into a scenario where it's just a question asked of an LLM and an answer, one answer, that's Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Where's the best place for me to buy a three-foot-high artificial Christmas tree in Utah, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, that's Mm -hmm. one answer. That's not a SERP. Right. Yeah. That's them telling you where you can get that Christmas tree.
0: It's so interesting because I think like right now it feels like one answer. And at the same time, I almost like, like power of choice is really, like that's valuable to me. (laughs) And so I think, I think that there's going to be an iteration of AI that understands like they're going to have to have like a SERP score and like, how badly do I still want to see a list of choices I was watching the demo on Gemini AI. We're going to tangent here for just a second, but I was watching the demo on, on Gemini AI and it was showing how when someone asks like, hey, I've got a birthday party going on for my daughter, give me some ideas. And the thing was smart enough to say, I don't know anything about your daughter, so let me ask some questions first to make sure that my... Like, basically, do I have enough information to relevantly answer this question? So it asks, well, tell me some things your daughter's interested in. And then, which ChatGPT never opens with a question like ever <laughs> i've never ever like even when i tell it you are the most curious person on the planet like it is so hyper excited to answer like this is like an intern who's read the entire internet and he will answer whether he knows it or not like <laughs> so never does he stop and ask questions which is so funny because i mean anyway so
1: well, well good interesting i don't know if you realize google got in trouble because that whole thing was canned what? it was not real time live it was all no and pre-scripted.
0: No. Yes. When okay, I didn't actually see the news on that. I watched this. I watched the stuff. I watched a bunch of reaction videos from some different yeah. different pieces. So like yeah. that specific demo, like the yes. the daughter. Oh no way!
1: My understanding was that that was scripted and pre-recorded, and that it, hey. it's not actually at the point where it does that yet. But that's in the roadmap.
0: Okay, that's my so understanding. It is official the drama has not ended yet because everyone wants to have the hottest girlfriend or the hottest girl on the, you know, this is a catwalk at this point And like they're sending models down and everybody's rating which one they like best. And everybody's like, Oh no, I gotta look my, you know, we could go really bad places with that, with that analogy. Analogies. So we, we won't, we won't go there. But, <laughs> but what we are saying is, okay, if that's true, the short version of the answer that it gave was actually really interesting because it developed on the fly supposedly on the fly apparently it was prescripted. maybe it was maybe, we're going to have to fact check that one cuz that's a yeah, juicy bis- bit of gossip so and maybe it wasn't gossip maybe it's real i'm going to have to go check out snoops.com or something and see if they've if they've debunked them but wow and, and you know what probably the way they got caught is somebody like who was a friend of a friend of a friend said something to somebody else and they were, and the, the YouTuber was like wait what it really was and then he was like Oh, and didn't say anything to his friend like I'm not going to tell him that I'm about to go expose this to everyone or I know a guy who could expose this and it wouldn't get back to me. So, like that's probably how this came yeah. out. Is- yeah, I don't know
1: how it came out, I but uh, it was I believe believe it was reported at least to me by Shelley Palmer who really what plays pretty close attention to the AI space. Mm. But, you know, the context of of, you know, the the talk I gave recently was around if it in fact is either a single result or some kind of a modified search, mm-hmm. right? Everybody in the SEO industry is not only struggling with the content creation question and to what extent they can help, have AI help them with that, but also the extent to which, well, how do I future-proof my search visibility? However mm-hmm. you call that, my LLM search re- visibility. Mm-hmm. How do I increase the odds that not an LLM showing up. will pick me? As Mm -hmm. the place where you can get that three-foot-high artificial Christmas tree near Mm -hmm. where Richardson lives, right? Mm -hmm. So how do you increase your odds? Well, interestingly, if you sort of think back to the original PageRank algorithm, which was essentially a voting algorithm, the thing that is getting ingested into the LLM that allows it to change the probabilistic outcome of a question that's asked is very much similar but it's more of a digital pr mm. focus right so the more times mm. your christmas tree retail store can be mentioned in the news as to where it is and what kind mm-hmm. of trees it has and the fact that the lights are already yeah, installed so it's, and it's the it's fact that about... it's on sale
0: oh that's so interesting because they're going to have the same scoring algorithm that the serp uh, scoring algorithms had i mean they're already doing i mean bing is in bed with what you know microsoft and open ai like that's that's happening. And the other AI is Google's. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they're using that data, right? They're using all of the same things that put you at the top of the search page for Google are going to help there, but there's going to be an extra set of things that go on top of that, that help the LLM score and say, you know what, you're the, you're the best.
1: Yeah. But, but the funny thing is, if you have to think about, well, what do I do? How do I deploy the resources of my SEO team now? right? And and how do I future-proof against the fact that perhaps Will only wants to th- see three results of where to buy that Christmas tree, right? So that's mm-hmm. not going to look just like a SERP, but in order pres- to preserve some sponsorship opportunities, oh, it'll yeah. probably have to still look oh, yeah. somewhat SERP-like, right? Well, and- it's,
0: it, it would have to because if the LLM is going to give me suggestions, I want the organic suggestion. And if he's going to, like, if they're going to get served two ads, I want at least three organic, right? Like that's just <laughs> right. the nature of it. it. It'll be so fascinating to see what yeah. that looks like in the future because it will be different than what you're seeing right now. On, you know, you open up your phone and you ask a question, and there's three others. Because, and this is the part I love about using, using this. It, 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 and I think this episode's actually shifted. We're going to, we may have you on for a second episode, Kevin, here where we're like the 102, but we're, this episode's going to be more about. AI and monetizing your mental capital okay, and how we are kind of picking apart the world in terms of how we can monetize it. Cause what you're sh- doing right now is we're, we're expounding on the future of AI in a way that Amazon sellers, cause e-commerce sellers are the main, the main listeners of the podcast, right? These guys are get, constantly trying to figure out how to monetize knowledge like that. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, a hundred percent, that's going to be something that we're, we're looking at. So. Well,
1: if you, th- if you think about Amazon sellers, right? And Amazon sellers, to a great extent, one of the reasons they love Amazon as a platform, and many of them that are also DTC brands have sort of a love-hate relationship with Amazon because they would prefer to have a, cu- a direct c- customer relationship, but yet they realize that a marketplace like is Amazon or Walmart or, or you know one of the others, even eBay, is important, right? So they they're sort of in this constant battle between that. What's interesting is the strategy of having your stuff whatever it is whether it's you know an ebook or a book or if it's actually a product a physical product right yeah the more places that that's available and spoken of in a positive light right that's going to inform an llm right, right because the llm your odds
0: the llm is about scoring the almost the sentiment and kind of putting I actually, I, that's one of my favorite things to use the LLM for right. is like, I'll, I'll be coming up with a pitch on my product and I'll say, okay, I want you to imagine that you are this. And I tell them my ICP, like here, here's, you're my ideal customer profile. And I say, you know, you're a, a, a white male, you live in a medium home, you, you know, like all of the different demographics stuff. and do you understand who you are? Yes. Okay. Repeat back to me who you are. And then they give the description, ah, slightly different. And you get it. You get it to the point where it thinks it is that person. And then you say, okay, I'm going to sell you a pencil. What are the things you consider before buying a pencil? Come up with 10 questions. Okay, now narrow that down and let's create categories around those questions. Great. Now that you've done that, I want you to come up and score them in order of an importance and make me a table that shows all the attributes I have of a pencil and which ones are most important. Okay, now... Tell me which benefits could I create if I were developing a pencil that would go with each one of those things. And you kind of prioritize product development and have this brainstorming session with this bot that can do math on the fly. And I just, it is fascinating the level up you can get. And I agree with you, like the more positive places you can see that being put out there, the happier you're gonna be because you'll you'll show up better in those different pieces. So how are you monetizing this mental capital? So like, you've obviously thought through this. You've obviously like speaking at that conference, nobody's, they, they know you make money on that from the standpoint of, I mean, we're on this podcast and I'm telling people about it. So they, they're they all of a sudden like, whoa, this guy knows more about AI. What like, you're going to get phone calls because of this. How are you taking that mental knowledge? And what made you think, oh, I should learn more about this because I bet I can monetize it in some way in the future. What What made you decide that?
1: It was really just having lived in the SEO world since before Google was founded, right? So I I started optimizing for excite and Alta Vista and engines at Lycos like that don't exist anymore. And so I've always needed to sort of think ahead to how is consumer behavior going to change? Because if you think like a Google engineer or a Bing engineer, they're mm-hmm. all about how do I balance off delighting the consumer against monetization? Right. And because they're fighting that balance internally, I have to sort of think through, Okay, well, we also as marketers need to delight the consumer. Right. So how do we think through where the engineers are going to take the next iterations, balancing off their need to monetize against opportunities for us to put products and or services in the places where the consumers will be delighted that they found them? Right And so, yeah, how am I making money? I mean, certainly on the did it side, we've got clients that are deploying my teams where I have SEO teams, I've got PPC teams, I've got Amazon sponsored listing teams, but we're starting to think a lot more holistically about that now than we had in the past because things that used to be created just for SEO purposes... Now we're created and deployed across social media in a much more aggressive way because we understand the LLM is probably going to ingest that social media and that social media content may then influence whether or not something is seen upon positively. Like, So the transcript to this Mm. podcast we're doing now may end up on YouTube. Yeah. Where, oh no, it will. Because, yeah. <laughs> so it, it will end up on YouTube, and then not, Google may not be the only one ingesting it, but we certainly know Google's going to ingest it, right? And and I'm going to talk about did it, and you're going to talk about Labs and those mentions will be part of the big corpus of information that the LLM will ingest, and so there, it slightly increases our odds that if that comes up in somebody's query, we're going to be included in the result right? I think, so I think the interesting... Understanding that is so key. Well, and and I think what's interesting here is the
0: more you talk about it, the more I realize the same tactics that got you on the first page of Google or the first page of Amazon search results. Because the other thing that's interesting, so Amazon sellers have got to be thinking through this. We are not that far off from the Amazon app, like the the searching the store situation. We're not that far off from it opening up and you open it up and it no longer shows a gallery of products on the front page. It has a a helpful Amazon assistant that says, what can I help you find today? And in the same way that they had a search box before, you're going to have a conversation with this bot. And that conversation is going to shape the search results to the point where you get what you want or or need instead of what you want. Like this is going to become... A conversation you have and it's going to show you a gallery of products and it's to, like it's going to be a totally new interface for what's there and so some what would you say is different what's different between seo tactics and llm
1: multimodal modal tact- like what, what would you even call llm the, the, the great thing is the 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 overlap in the venn diagrams is about distributed great quality content Right. Because the more great quality content you have out there, you know, and this is why a multi-platform seller strategy makes sense, because now you're actually you've got slightly different information in your in your Walmart listing than your product landing page, than your Amazon one Mm. and your DTC one, which is sitting on a Shopify Right. Then when you think that through, you're like, okay, well, I also have an influencer marketing strategy. Right. And so the influencer marketing strategy, there's going to be some stuff on YouTube where the influencer speaks about my product and that's going to influence the LLM. But it also improves my SEO because that may show up high in an old fashioned Google SERP because Google may think, oh, that person might be interested in the video. Right. So. The overlap in those Venn diagrams is where it's super powerful now because I don't know where the future is going to take us, but I do know the great content that delights the consumer wherever it sits, right? The more places it sits, the more likely it is to be good in a SERP and the more likely it is to be good in a conversation.
0: Talking about the pieces outside the Venn diagram. So like we've got the (laughs) LLM on the right and we've got the SEO on the left. What do you suppose is going to be? And we know this is your best guess, right? You, nobody's it, it, like this is obviously there's it, it, we're trying to think like the open AI scientist or think like the guys that are putting it out there. What do you think's outside it? What works in SEO that won't work on the other side or what it may, may be coming new on one side that won't be you know, on the other side?
1: I think the more fascinating side is going to be the new side, the powered by LLM side that meets the needs of the platform from a monetization perspective, right? So you Mm -hmm. talked about how the SERP may disappear in the Amazon app or on the Amazon webpage, right? I think it's more likely to see transformation in the audio side, right? Because that's the more conversational element is where you can have a conversation with a Google or an Amazon with regards to asking questions about products, yeah. And eventually, because you know those two platforms will already have a pre-existing billing relationship with you, yep. you could literally never look at anything, right, and have a conversation with either of those two platforms. Have them walk you through to find the right men's size twelve steel-toed leather work boots, and then order them for yourself.
0: So, so this is fascinating because where you really need to go then it, it so if i'm an amazon seller and i'm trying to be ready for the audio listing like the the audio yeah. version of my listing because and i don't if you have not tried this kate so so every amazon seller that's listening to this every agency owner that's listening to this you need to go out and download the chat gpt app right now like I'm, I'm serious pause this episode go download it and then open it up, and on the bottom, it's either on the bottom right or the or the to- or, or bottom left. Or well, it, it's in a corner of the app. They move it. I've seen it. I've seen it on the top right. I've seen it on the bottom right. There's a little headphones icon. Click on that headphones icon, and just, just get some questions. Maybe even ask it some questions about your product, and maybe what people would be interested in. And if you have a favorite author, tell it pretend you're so and so, and give me advice about this. And then go wet your pants because you like this thing's. It is. <laughs> Mind-numbing, how cool that... So, like, I can already envision exactly what you're describing, because I have personally spent probably over six hours having conversations with my AI about all... Now, yeah, more than that, probably. I'm probably... I should, like, start tracking how many hours I've actually had conversations with it. And, and that's not... I'm not talking about typing. I'm talking about voice, like, while yeah. I'm driving right. or while I'm washing dishes. I made a, a an entire PowerPoint presentation outline on cold outreach on LinkedIn while I was doing the dishes the other the other day, right? Like it is amazing and the energy it can give me by just continuing the conversation in the brainstorm. Like I no longer have to call another human being to brainstorm, I can do that on my own. Yeah. And not only, I brainstorm with someone who's read the entire internet.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, so that's why I anticipate that we'll see more of the innovation in the audio side because that's the under monetized side now, right? So in particular search engines, the Googles and bings of the world are less excited about removing the SERP. Whereas Amazon is actually super excited about, well, what can we do differently?
0: They've been trying to remove the SERP for years. (laughs) If you have, so I I don't know if you have an Alexa device, but the, the thing is it has been attempting to kill SERP for years and I get on it and it'll jump on and say, you bought a razor six months ago do you want suggestions for a new razor <laughs> and i always say no because i've never like like i've actually like personally purchased with my voice could be three or four products yeah and the only time i do it is when i know exactly what i want and i i tell it go you know buy american crew fiber hair paste because i know exactly what i want and it comes back and gives me a price and as long as the price is reasonable to what I remember before, I'm good and I'm happy, but I've still only done that four or five times. I'd rather see it on the SERP page to, to know that's what I have. Well, if I had an LLM, because part of the problem that I've found with Alexa is half the time, the dang thing misunderstands me. Sure. Yeah. And so, if you add, they will do it. The, the LLM, I, the reason sure. they're not yet is kind of surprising to me that they ha- it, maybe it, they have a beta program going and that's what's going on and I just haven't seen it because my Alexa is still stupider than and stupid and she misunderstands me all the time and so like i kept i actually thought the other day man if i had chat four sitting inside my alexa which we will have it it's it's coming i would guess in the next six months you will have a much smarter version of alexa and what would that do and and then the conversation like you're like you're saying like i'm imagining You've got to picture it like you have an assistant, right? Like Kevin's my assistant. I'm calling him up on the phone. I'm saying, hey, help me buy this product. And Kevin's like, okay, well, tell me a little bit more about what you're looking for. And you say, like, these are the things that are important to me. And in the background, Kevin is making a mental list, but it's actually way deeper than that because Kevin is connected to the entire internet. I've just made you the AI, by the way. Yes. You're connected to the entire internet and you've got a list. Okay. Every time I say something's important to me. There's a SERP going on inside this little LLM's head and it's moving things up and down as I say things are important because it knows its product catalog, right? And it's testing all these different combinations of stuff. Like I've got to be thinking about like, how do I get on the top of that? You can almost think about it from a human standpoint. Like how do I get on the top of the assistant? Like if I'm, you know, calling Tony Stark and he's calling Pepper Potts, how do I get on on Pepper? Because Pepper Potts is now the one looking at the SERP page. Yeah. So the LLM is the one looking at the SERP page, but it's a computer version of the SERP page. So it can consume way more information than a human being.
1: But but the key thing is, you know, there's been already a bit of a shift now because Google hasn't really personalized the SERP as much as they sort of talk about it. I mean, it's a little bit personalized. Primarily the personalization comes in geography because it understands where you and I are right now. But as far as personalization with regards to our historical... Search behavior, there really isn't a lot of that. So, if I were like a chief technology officer at Amazon, right, they have a really unique opportunity because they understand each of our purchase histories, right? Oh my God. Once you vectorize the Amazon product database, and I don't know how much you know about vector databases, but vector databases are databases that turn everything into a number, right, and then understand the proximity between this pencil and a different pencil that is yellow. Right. And yep. it understands the exact differences between those pencils. So once you vectorize the entire Amazon corpus of information and, and products and all the variants of those products, you so end up with really the quick. Hold on. To...
0: We got to break that down. So for Amazon sellers that don't understand what a matrix is or or the vector, like here's the short version from what I understand. You tell me if I'm wrong, because I could be totally off here. Imagine that they took your listing and they turned it into a giant spreadsheet. And every column and row correspond with an attribute inside what's there. And it basically turns it into ones, zeros, numbers. So it's this like it do you remember the like light up things? You, you poke the little light through it and, and it lights up like night light, whatever. Light light, like, yeah.
1: I think it was called. Yes,
0: night, yes. So it's kind of like that. Imagine a <laughs> giant one of those. It's a giant matrixy that that explains like, and this is like. I don't even know how many rows of data but that's what a matrix is a matrix is just imagine a giant thing of cells that's now broken down and can compare your product and you and your competitor's product has one too and the, the computer can lay them on top of each other and figure out ah this one is that in that close to that one Is that a decent way to describe what that
1: is? Well, that's usually the step one of creating a vector database. And my understanding as just a super nerdy guy who doesn't touch code because my team yells at me when I touch code, is that essentially when you take that matrix that understands all the attributes and all the reviews of the product and you vectorize it, it turns that into a single number. And the proximity of the two numbers to each other is the difference between the men's size 12 steel steel-toed leather work boots from Timberland and the the one that's the size 11 and a half and black, right? Mm -hmm. They're very close numerically because only a few of the cells of the matrix are different, right? And they Mm -hmm. apply the AI to the matrix to turn and vectorize it. And once you vectorize it, the advantage of the vectorization is that the speed of the database, it doesn't have to actually go through and analyze the full matrix because the AI analyzed the full matrix, turned it and vectorized it and made the database super fast. So right?
0: it's almost in my mind, what what you've described in a human sense is I have put it in Ram. Like, I don't know about you, <laughs> yes. but like, so, so this is the equivalent of this really, uh, smart thing we do called cramming for a test right so like right before the test you're like rapidly reading all of the material like i used to do a study group with all the smartest kids in the room hack if you're still in college this works so well (laughs) at the end of class right before the test so the test is coming the next day or whatever the study guide is in your hand you stand up and say hey anybody's interested i'm going to be doing a study group over here in XYZ room, or better yet, you watch in the room for the people who don't answer all the questions, but they're freaking smart. Like every time they answer, the teacher pauses and they're like, holy crap, that was a good answer. Find those people and tell them, hey, meet me in study room XYZ. I'm leading a study group for this thing. Then you stand up at the board with the study guide and you write the question on the board and say, so what's the answer to this one? And then you basically have a team of experts who answer the entire thing. You just lead the discussion, puts it all in RAM. You're writing it. You're hearing it, you're seeing it. I aced my test so many times. And that was my version of cramming. That the two hour discussion that I had. And, and it sounds like that's what this is doing too. It's taking that data that was now in two separate matrices and it's putting it into RAM for the LLM to the point where it's instantaneously neural network, neural network accessible quickly.
1: Yeah. But the it, and if that weren't crazy enough, right? The the fact that it's vectorized everything allows it to know that Kevin actually buys a whole lot of stuff in black. He's in New York, where like black Black is is the the new black. You know, like his wardrobe is almost all black. So it's going to automatically, in a vector analysis of all my previous purchases, prefer to show me black stuff. You know, will I ever see a red shirt like you have on? Man, eh, maybe once in a while for diversity. There's a certain randomness in there. It's going to throw me a red shirt just in case I feel festive, right? But you know, the the ability for it to to be very predictive as a result of the vectorization and the result of it being smarter, you end up with this increasing gulf between the data haves and the data have nots. Both from the perspective of a really robust product database and all the ratings and reviews, which Amazon mm-hmm. already has a huge advantage mm-hmm. in, but also understanding prior purchase behavior mm-hmm. and what people like. So Google and Facebook know a lot about me and mm-hmm. what I like, and you know- and which is why you look Regulatory it. issues there, but you know, and the, the reality is I think most consumers are sort of okay with that, as long as it gives them a better life experience, right? Like, yep. well, you know, yep. I would actually probably prefer the black cashmere sweater.
0: I I was thinking about it, my wife was telling me one day, like we were talking, we were looking at some experience about data privacy or something came out and it was this, you know, ripple that people were talking about how much, you know, people knew and, and I said, you know what, I, I really don't mind that they have access to that. And she was like, how can you not mind? And I was like, if I could figure out a way to give every snail mail marketer on the planet, my profile and say. This is what I'm interested in so that my mailbox didn't fill up with crap every day. Yeah, Like, like I would love that. And imagine the amount of trees we could save if people didn't like blast, like if they could, and every marketer on the planet would literally pee his pants. If I could give you a direct list of every male 37 year old man who's interested in a black cashmere sweater, like, like if, if you, got, if that list existed, they'd use it. And so in my mind, What we're really moving towards is a world where we don't have to deal with the spam because we now have marketers who are trying to make money and they have a way to get in front of you without having to compete with all of the other stuff that's out there because they know you don't care about any of that other stuff. And so it's being served to you in that way. I agree. I 100% agree.
1: Ironically, you know, I did it has an entire direct mail division that takes advantage of the dynamic digital printing to get as close to that as possible, right? Because now that you can print stuff dynamically, you don't have to send the same exact catalog or postcard to everybody. If you know yep. something about a particular consumer and their previous purchase behavior, yep. you do want to provide a little bit of serendipity so that people can cross-sell and upsell into other areas. But oh, at the yeah, same for time, sure. you want to increase your odds of getting you know that original sale because of what you know about Will Christensen and I love what you it. bought before.
0: I love it. So as a seller, and obviously we kind of shifted this is gonna be a surprise bonus episode we're gonna throw in the middle of our season. That's like, you know, how you should be monetizing your AI, you know, your AI knowledge. And and as we look at that, what you know, let let's say that you I want you to imagine yourself in the future, you know, three years from now, we're having we can now talk to Amazon and it gives us back products. That's how we purchase. That's a lot of like when I'm driving in the car and I want a new toothbrush, I have a conversation with it and it's figured out how to get good enough that I trust it enough to just say, yeah, buy that one. Sounds like the one, sounds like it's the one I want. We're at that point. And I want you to imagine that you could call back, you know, on the phone to the Amazon seller now and say, dude, you should have been doing x y or z what would be the the three things you would tell every amazon seller they need to be doing right now to get themselves ready for that world where we can now talk to sally or alexa or whatever her new name is going to be or his name is going to be that helps us buy products online
1: yeah i mean it's tough because right now a lot of folks are thinking about it from a nefarious perspective, like how can I spam the crap out of these platforms to increase my odds in the future, right? And a lot of times they'll want to use a chat GPT or a Bard or some other LLM to create that spam. But of course the engineers are probably already thinking ahead of that. And they're thinking like, well, how do we filter out the spam? Because we don't want fake stuff crammed in there. So if you sort of, you know, move a couple of steps ahead on that chessboard, I would imagine that customer testimonials that are verifiable and probably in video format, which is at least for the next six months, harder to fake, right? is probably going to be weighed slightly more heavily by an LLM because oh, it's less likely to be fake. So I would probably focus a lot on the use of authentic influencers, not payola influencers, the use of Uh, customer testimonials, not just textual based testimonials, but video testimonials and use case scenarios. Because again, you want the LLM to know all the different scenarios that the Truth Nutrition pre-workout is useful for, right? So the more I can tell Amazon or any other LLM about exactly when to take that pre-workout, how to take the pre-workout, how much of the pre-workout to take, when not to use the pre-workout. So don't use our regular pre-workout, which has caffeine in it at 10 o'clock at night because you'll be up at two in the morning, right? The more information you provide the LLM or whatever you is powering the next gen, right? Yeah. The more yeah. information you give it, the more it can give the right information to your consumer, yep. right? So be very consumer-centric and not in a spammy way. No. Yeah. Think about all the use cases of your product or service, all the ways it can be used, all the things it shouldn't be used for, because you don't want to mislead them. They'll return the product, right? Really be very customer centric. And then think about all your marketing touch points. How do I optimize those? So one thing that
0: popped out for me that that every Amazon seller could start doing is spend more time in the Q&A section of Amazon.com. And even build relationships with those customers in such a way that you're like, you know, like drop a card in every single package that says, have a question, you know, don't forget the Q&A box on amazon.com. Like push people because that Q&A box, you think Amazon's going to wait that more than your blog? You bet they are. And that Q&A box, they can verifiably say, yes, this purchase purchased this item. So Mm -hmm. it's way easy to say like, I trust that over some random blog post because it can't be fake. So when you said textual versus the other, and and Amazon reviews are kind of an interesting phenomenon because (laughs) there is a lot of fake stuff going on there and people have gamified it and there's black hat people out there creating tons of fake reviews and their listings are getting dropped. You know, they've got like an entire team that's just focused on, you know, eliminating that because it's such an interesting gaming the system method. But I think if I were an Amazon seller, that's one thing I'd be doing. I'd I'd be focusing on, you know, I'm gonna go grab, you know, my my product question section, and I'm actually gonna connect with my consumers in a way where I push them towards that, and then I am going to give the longest, most detailed answers. Like like the first three two paragraphs are gonna answer the question, but then I'm gonna give a whole bunch more information, as long as it's valuable to that person, so that you know all of that's being picked up.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then the extent to which you can do it all in-house, great, right? And, and if you can't do it all in-house, uh, partner with folks from an ideation perspective, because sometimes a fresh set of eyes will think about different use case scenarios for your product that that you're too close to, right? And and they'll also you know answer the question in a too sophisticated way, right? They won't answer it in a dumbed-down way right yeah. and to some extent you may be able to you know use the ai to help you craft the perfect answer but make sure it, it reads as human right because that's yeah. going to be where you can potentially get yourself in trouble because again put yourself in the engineer's shoes like the engineer is going to be like hmm i don't know this is this it's this is too good it, it might be spam right it might be fake right so you just have to you think about both sides of that ecosystem and how they're going to be it. some inherent You know, conflict there.
0: I love it. All right, Kevin. I'm going to give you uh, 30 seconds, 30 to 60 seconds, where you just stepped into a an elevator with an Amazon seller, and you know your elevator is going up. He says, "Yeah, I'm a seven figure Amazon seller," and you're like, "Oh, okay. Well, you know, we should probably chat a little bit more." And and you're going to so you got 60 seconds to just open the conversation with him around that. Right after that, I want any tips, tricks, hacks, or books around ai that you know a new tool that you've used recently that you're like oh my gosh if you haven't tried this you gotta try it or you know if you haven't read this you gotta read, it. or this youtuber you must follow because they are that this is part of where i'm getting my information and it's it's awesome so first you stepped into that elevator and i am timing you so i'm, I'm gonna like five four three two one you ready go
1: Well, I I think for any seller on Amazon or any other marketplace, right, for all the paid side of that, you have to understand the marginal impact that each of those layers has on your profitability and on your revenue, right? And in Amazon, in particular, because the interaction effects between paid and organic ranking, it's not like Google and it's not like some of the other marketplaces. So you really have to understand at the margin, if I put an extra hundred bucks a day into this or an extra thousand bucks a day into this, what's the byproduct of that, right? In the short, intermediate, and long term. And that's key. So you have to put all the frameworks of data in place to understand that so that you can most effectively manage your, your sponsored listing spend then as far as like outside of uh you know amazon amazon's organic rank in google is awesome right so think about your your internal seo within the amazon a9 powered search engine but also think about you know am i visible enough to google right and have an entire seo strategy that relates to showing up there so that's what you should do if you're a seller nice Love
0: it. Love it. Love it. And now tips, tricks, hacks, or books. And then we'll ask you how we can get in touch, how listeners could get in touch with you. Any tips, tricks, hacks, books, or apps from an AI perspective that you'd be like, you got to go pay attention to this one.
1: Yeah. I I think you have to pay attention to all the various larger AI apps and platforms. I I particularly like Shelly Palmer, who's been into AI since the beginning of AI. He's, He's sort of does a lot of speaking engagements, Palmer.com. You can watch his YouTube channel. And he tends to be at the forefront of what's going on, has some connections deep within some of these organizations. So you'll sometimes get things a little bit earlier from Shelly than you might in the regular news. So I find that because he's very eclectic and you know, he's also uh, uh, won awards as a musician and composer. So he's like one of these people that that looks at it through a lot of different angles. I just think he can keep up with the industry really well on the AI side from him. I
0: love it. I love it. Any other tips, tricks, hacks, books, or YouTubers uh, individuals should be following or looked at or that you've tried that you're like, oh uh, there's, my gosh. There's
1: like way, way too many on that as far as like, because there's a lot of folks who have their hands super dirty, um, you know, and so I would say if you're facing a particular challenge, you know, do a search and find somebody who's addressed that particular challenge and then see if it passes the smell test. Right. Cause a lot of stuff out there, you know, has not been fully vetted. Cool.
0: Well, I'm definitely going to check out Shelly Palmer. Appreciate that. How do we get in touch with you? If, if a listener wanted to reach out?
1: Yeah, easiest way to find me is on LinkedIn. You know, various ventures is the the second part there. But you know, if you search for Kevin Lee and you see the one with the stars next to it, and and it's the Caucasian Kevin Lee because many of the others are are Korean. You can usually find me on LinkedIn pretty easily, and you know, connect there or send me an email. Beautiful. We
0: well, appreciate everybody's time today, and uh, that's it for our episode of monetizing your mental capital focused around AI today. And we'll be being, bringing Kevin back. So stay tuned for a future episode where we actually get into his journey of monetizing his knowledge. We obviously kind of skipped forward to how he's monetized some of his knowledge in AI, uh, which I think was totally relevant. And and I think it'll be a, a good listen for our listeners. Thanks, but, but we will bring you back for a, a second episode.
1: That was a pleasure. Good brainstorming.